It is the 200 level episode 137. Welcome back. And what a half. I'm starting this at halftime. Illinois up 58 to uh, 19 against North Carolina A&T. Adam Miller, of course, the story. 19 points for him. Iowa with 14 of his own. Everyone looking pretty good. I guess Trent's scoreless. If we need to nitpick, we could go with that. But you know what? Uh, this is, by all accounts, one of the best halves of basketball. And yes, that is factoring in the opponent. One of the best halves of basketball you could hope for in the first game of the season. And a margin like that is going to raise eyebrows no matter who you're playing. North Carolina A&T or any of these other I don't want to say scrubs, but not so good teams in this MTE to kick off the season. But what a half. And hopefully (laughs) uh, this is a team that we will see through the completion of the season, right? There's going to be some interruptions. But if today doesn't just remind you how nice it is to have Illinois basketball back where they belong. And I say that. We do belong here. We do belong in the top 10, top 15, top of the Big Ten. This is where Illinois basketball should be. And to feel like, well, wait a second. These 15 years between now and the last time we were nationally relevant, that was a long slog, a really long slog, and we deserve this. The fans deserve it. This coaching staff deserves it for how they built this roster, and these players deserve it for having a tournament appearance taken away from them last year from COVID-19. And this was an oddly emotional morning for me, and not to get too dramatic about it, I went for a run at about 10 o'clock and decided I would run over by the State Farm Center. And it hit me, and maybe it was the fact I was listening to U2 or The Streets Have No Name, because that that tends to give me chills anyways. But as I'm running around the State Farm Center, I was immediately transported back towards March 8th, and that would have been the Illinois-Iowa game. It was a beautiful Sunday evening. My dad and I went there. I, I ran by the entrance that we went in. It was just amazing how vivid that memory just kind of flooded back to me. And this is somewhat full circle. I know we aren't in the stadium. I know that we can't share in this the way that we would like to. But to end this year the way that we began it with Illinois basketball kicking ass and looking every bit uh, the nationally relevant team that we know they should be year in, year out, that is surreal, for lack of a better word. It was 11 a.m. when I got back from my run, and it felt like the longest two-hour stretch for tip-off to finally arrive. And when it did... As surreal as it may have been, it also felt familiar to see the guys that we already knew with Io and Kofi, Trent, DeMonte, but then to see the new toys, Adam Miller, Andre Curbelo, Coleman Hawkins looking good, Grandison looking really good, Georgie with a pretty nice first half after a a few shaky missed bunnies early, and then he really kind of settled in. But it, it was somewhat of an emotional morning going back to March 8th when it was the last time that... I was able to hang out with my parents inside uh, just because we're being cautious about it and and we have some at-risk things that we need to consider. And we'd had them over on that Sunday evening for a cookout. And it's kind of funny. I remember actually not the charcoal, for whatever reason, was not lighting up like it should. So we had to move the chicken inside and do some stovetop chicken that was you know, mediocre at best. We I tried to make it work, but it was kind of a rush job because I think tip-off that night was 6 o'clock or 5.30. So it was an early dinner, and that was the last time we were able to have them over. And in the inter- intervening eight months, we moved to a new place. Um, 2020 happened for all the things uh, locally and nationally. And it, listen, I, I don't need to get too much into how weird of a year this has been. But there was something just, um, I, I don't know, hard to fully 
comprehend in thinking that eight months ago I was here watching this team with 16,000 other people and feeling perfectly safe doing it. And now on the other side of 2020, I'm in my sunroom studio watching this team even better than last year, primed to make a run in the tournament and win a Big Ten title. And I wish I was able to experience it with my friends, with my family, indoors, screaming, yelling, having fun. Uh, that, that is the sort of bittersweet nature of getting this basketball season back when we are and that we won't be able to share those moments. But damn it, we're going to make it work. You know, we're going to, I watch it via Zoom with a few friends first half. And we had a pretty damn good time doing it, watching this Illinois team look fantastic and thinking, wow, like, I mean, they are worthy of that top 10 ranking. They're going to be there at the end. They will be. And, uh, you know, last year, part of the fun was the journey, the journey in going through that Big Ten season where somewhat unexpectedly you turned out to be a top four team in the Big Ten. None of us could have anticipated that after bragging rights or even after you lost at Michigan State, I think the third conference game. But the journey is part of it. And we get four months. We get four months, hopefully a little bit more than that, if you can make it to the first weekend of April. Four plus months of this basketball team. And if it's anything like that first half, damn, is it going to be fun. So welcome back. I know that was a bit long-winded of an opening segment um, before I get to the sponsors and, and all the other formalities, but I'm, I'm just having this weird kind of um, bittersweet, nostalgic feeling today. I'm wearing the same shirt that I wore. It's fourth and Kirby shirt. It's that orange t-shirt with the blue Illinois script font. I'm wearing the same t-shirt I wore at that Illinois-Iowa game. I hadn't worn it since. What is that? Seven plus months coming up on eight since I last wore this t-shirt. I don't know if that was a mental thing. I was trying to avoid that t-shirt that reminded me of the last time we got to watch Illinois basketball. Maybe it was, but here we are. We're watching it again. I hope you're having as much fun as I am. Isaac's going to be hopping on here in a bit for our second half breakdown. We're going to be, I'm, I'm guessing, talking plenty about the supporting cast of this team because I don't know how much more Io or Kofi we're going to get in the second half, but what a start. 58 to 19. I'm guessing that margin will basically hold. I don't know what the spread was because you can't bet on Illinois basketball here in this state, but if there were futures I could bet on. And I joined Ian Gold with his House Edge podcast yesterday, joined Jeremy on Monday, and then last week's basketball preview episode, which we called It's Time. In all three of those, I, I talked about how this is a team that is worthy of those expectations. And I have this eerie calm that they're going to get it done. And yes, there is the factor of COVID. Will they get all the games in? Are you going to lose key players for two to three weeks at a time if they come down with it? All of that's possible, right? But you know what? I'm I'm kind of turning a blind eye to that. And I don't know if that's a defense mechanism, if that's just me trying to be naive about it. But I feel like, you know what? No, I actually think this year of all years for Illinois basketball, a great program that for whatever reason has not quite gotten over that hump. And it always seems to be external factors or crappy officiating, Kentucky 84 or James Augustine fouling out after five minutes of game time, whatever it may be. Always seems to be circumstances. Oh, Sean Higgins getting the putback losing to Michigan after smoking them twice in 89. You know what? I think this year, I'm just going to go under the assumption that everything's going to work for this team. And for one half, that's exactly what happened. Before we get Isaac Ambrose on here for the second half, got to remind you, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code MIKE. 
That is for $5 calzones, $6 premium and construction zones at dpdo.com. And best of all, they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So as you're sitting here watching these three games in three days, and also Saturday, Illinois-Ohio State football, let DPDO bring a piping hot calzone to you for 5 bucks. Coupon code Mike at dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com. I'm rocking that orange t-shirt with the blue Illinois script font, just like I did back at that Illinois-Iowa game. It seems to bring some good mojo, and I ordered a Navy crew neck with the orange Illinois script font. That's going to come in later this week, and that will be my basketball sweatshirt, I think. But they got plenty of great options at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, renters, business, you name it. Brian and his staff will help you out. They helped me and Kara out moving over here to our new place with homeowners and auto, a bundle that has the State Farm prices, but also has the local touch and expertise of Brian and his staff. That's brianismyguy.com. Got to thank Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. We're 101 episodes into our relaunch, so I can't really even use the word relaunch anymore. We're, we're in it. And it is time for the second half of this game. So let's get Isaac Ambrose on the horn here. All right, 19 minutes to go here in the second half. Isaac Ambrose on the horn with us here. A three-pointer from Trent Frazier, no good. And a putback from Kofi, no problem. 63-21, to 21, a football score. This actually might have been, Isaac, the margin of the Illinois-Virginia Micron PC game back in 1999. This wouldn't be that surprising if this is the score we get on Saturday, actually, <laughs> uh, against the Buckeyes. As much as I would hope we would have 63, I don't really think that's going to happen. But this is the line on basketball season, so we're going to talk about that later. Man, uh, I, I said in my opening segment, Isaac, that there's a surreal nature to this whole day. And I don't know about you, but I think right around 11 o'clock, I got back from a run and they were the, the slowest two hours I've had in a long time because we were so close and you could taste it. You knew that basketball was about to start again. And I felt like a little kid, you know, just waiting to get in the car with my dad, go to the State Farm Center for the big game. I know it's North Carolina A&T, but uh, just kind of take us through your emotions today because it's been an oddly emotional day for me not to be dramatic about it but it has been today has been interesting to say the least because it almost feels like a saturday because yeah both my parents are in education so they're not working today so it kind of feels like the weekend and i just went and did some errands this morning i come back and i'm like okay i still gotta sit here for two hours i guess i'll watch the nebraska game and that was not very exciting. So then you're just like, oh man, you know, you're feeling it get close. And again, it just, it doesn't feel real. It's just like, holy cow. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to interrupt you real quick here and, and <laughs> no, get back to that. Uh, <laughs> and I think we're on the same place in the fire stick here, the way you reacted. Io hit a three. Adam Miller got the steal. And then at, uh, Io hit another three. So two threes in the span of 15 seconds of game time, 10 seconds of game time, which I think brings Io to 20 points with 17 wow. to go. And then he takes it down now for his 22nd oh. point. I'm losing count here. It's 73 to 27, the quickest 8 nothing run by a single player I've seen in a long time. This wow. is um, <laughs> a little su- – this is kind of funny. I, I said this in the text thread, but it got to the point there in the first – first half where I was watching the game with my mom and she started rooting for the other team to score because they only had five points for like the longest time. And we she were felt just bad for hammering them. them. 
And she felt bad for, I mean, they're college kids too. The last thing they want is uh, to start their Thanksgiving break, getting just, just driving to Champaign from North Carolina and getting destroyed. So, um, yeah, that, that's how ugly it got in the first half. But, hey, that's what a top-10 team is supposed to do to North Carolina A&T. Well, and you were talking, um, Isaac. Sorry to interrupt you with Io's explosion there. No. But, but how your morning was going. And same same with your parents. You know, It, it feels like a Saturday for me, too, because yesterday, yesterday was the last day of school, and it's the pre-Thanksgiving preparations and all that. But it, it feels like the beginning of a holiday weekend, which normally the Wednesday would. But it has this extra kind of... Uh, I don't know, extra shine to it. I can't quite put it into words. Yeah, I love I love the idea. This could almost become a thing every year if it was in my if I was making decisions. I love the Thanksgiving tournament almost. I know it's not a tournament, but playing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and something about sports around Thanksgiving, they're just so much more fun as I think Adam Miller just tied Brandon Paul's record. Yeah, I think he may um, have. And what just happened, there was yeah. a, a layup from Iowa. So Iowa, I think it's a 22. I'll have to check. Maybe it's 24. Who knows at this point? Georgie was a big part of that play. He gets a rebound, brings it all the way up the court, dribbling very nicely. And then he finds Adam Miller for an easy bucket. And what does that get out of Adam Miller? I need to pull up the, the box score here. 21. Sure. Iowa has 24. So Iowa has 24. North Carolina A&T right now has 27. This Just is put that in perspective for you. Uh, so I, yeah, I O twenty four. That actually makes twenty three for Adam Miller now. He's eight for nine from oh, the field, shoot, yeah. five for six from three, two for two from the line. It is. Uh, I think that's the record. That should be because Brandon Paul. I'm trying to remember which game it would have been. Did did they list that at some point? Illinois stats and notes. Which I saw team? Jeremy tweet. I think it was twenty two. Okay. Uh, I'm not man. mistaken. This is we expected good. We expected probably very yeah. good, right? And even in the early going, I got to say the one it was eight to five. I had this feeling that okay, first game of the year, regardless of fans not being in the stadium, this is what can happen. The team might come out a little bit tight, and then it was exactly at that moment from eight to five, and then what was it a twenty-four to nothing run? So thirty-two yeah. to five, where things just kind of took off. And the most encouraging thing of of many Isaac would be. This team can shoot, and I think we're hope- mm-hmm. we were hopeful for that. But I don't see many indications to tell me that this team won't continue to shoot at a high level when you factor in Adam Miller and you know what he can do, I.O. being better than last year. And you're doing all this without Trent having made a three yet, and I feel like he'll get his. So this is the most encouraging part of today, I think. Yeah, it's been real nice. I know I, at halftime we already had 10 threes, which I think the most threes we had in a game last year was 10. So we're already getting better in that aspect. And I think the three-point line was pretty much the main concern that anyone had about this line I team going in. And the fact that it's been spread around, too. You know, Ios hit some, DeMonte. Trent seems to be the only one who's not hot today. So, But, hey, I'll take that. If, if the past few years it's almost been like Trent was our main only three-point shooter besides Alan Griffin. So it's nice to know even when Trent's not – making everything. And hey, do you think Iowa's been listening to NBA critics about his three-point shot? I think so. I know it's North Carolina A&T, but if you're trying to prove people wrong, this is the way to do it. Good Lord. Um, He is, uh, I just want to make sure I get this right. So nine for 15 from the field, but five for seven from three. Uh, And again, we we consider the opponent. We know that it's North Carolina A&T. It's not going to come as easy against other teams, but this is... This is a well-oiled looking machine already, and I think we knew we knew what Iowa would bring. We know what Kofi's going to bring, 
what if Adam Miller is the Big Ten freshman of the year? And that's not hyperbole. There were some publications, and I think Jeremy has called him a favorite to win the Big Ten freshman of the year award. And it looks he looks the part. He, he looks game ready. There's no transition process for him like there normally would be for other freshmen. No, I mean, coming out of that major league in Chicago, that's probably one of the best leagues in the country, I imagine, for high school basketball. So you're getting good competition. And going up against Io every day, I mean, as Miller gets another block oh here goodness. right there. He's going to get 30. He's going to have over 30 today. He's got 25 he, right now. 16 to go. He is just set up. And the, the fact that he can score so well, too, I saw a lot of people tweeting and we're not going to think about this. I'm not going to let this get in my head. But everybody was saying the only bad thing from the first half, and again, it's North Carolina A&T, but could Adam Miller be a one and done? I mean, <laughs> it dep- he's going to need to do stuff like this against Duke and Baylor and Michigan State and um, Wisconsin. If he's and a Iowa, one and but, done, if he's a one and done, you've won the Big Ten and you made a run yes. of the tournament. So it, it, it is that is a a good double edged sword. I don't even know if that's actually the oh, cliche yeah. that, that works here for it. But if if he does those things and you have Io doing what Io's doing and Kofi, I mean, again, those I think are going to be your three givens in terms of production: Io, Adam Miller apparently, and Kofi. Yeah. And then that leaves you uh, five or six other guys that all play varying roles, and that would include Trent, which I don't want to call him a role player based on today. I think that he's going to have some games where he's Trent, freshman year Trent, in terms of being able to fill it up. But it's so nice, though, to be entering a season where you know that you have these givens, and you don't even need to count on the other guys to all be good in the same game, where, I don't know for you, Isaac, but it seems like the last 15 years of Illinois basketball, let's go back to the Mike Davis, Dimitri McKamey, Mike Tisdale years. You have three good players, but it felt like on any given night, you could only count on maybe two of those three looking really good. And that that's why you could never quite get over that hump. It's its pretty cool to enter these games feeling like, oh, I know what these three guys are going to do, and the rest, they can kind of do whatever, and we'll be fine. Yeah, because it kind of went into the Brandon Paul era where he was your best player most of the time, and then into Malcolm Hill, and I don't even know who your are LaRon Black <laughs> for that one year. Pretty good. Um, he was, was probably your best player. Yeah, and then Io came to town, and now he doesn't have to carry this team on his shoulders. Granted, he looks like he could lift a house for how much weight he's put on. Oh, man. But it, it is super nice. You know you're going to get Io and Kofi putting up putting up solid numbers. And Adam Miller is going to have freshman moments. We're not you know saying he's going to have a perfect season. But I think that's awesome for recruiting, too, because Adam Miller was not – I mean – People knew he was probably going to play in the NBA someday, but he was not on NBA radars. And not that we're NBA, you know, draft analysts, but if he plays like this and he gets sent in the first round, like you said, you've probably won the Big Ten or done something successful. And that's great for recruits if you can take somebody that wasn't supposed to be drafted and in their first year make them into an NBA player. That says a lot, and that's going to say a lot to high schoolers that might be on that edge of, you know, being NBA players and guys that go to college for four years. So this is exciting. I mean, everything is coming together so far this game. All the bright spots you had hope about in the offseason, they're just really coming together. It's beautiful. You've already scored 19 points in the first four minutes of the second half. 
1550 to go, 79 to 27. Adam Miller with the ball up top. Every time he has the ball now, I'm looking for him to score. I just want him to get silly. <laughs> I want him to actually beat Brandon Paul's record for 43 points in a game, which is not number one in Illinois school history or anything. But it, if you've already beaten Brandon Paul's freshman record, why not go for uh, Brandon Paul's single game record? Which do you recall that Ohio State game? You would have been. Yeah, it was 43 points. Ohio State, was that um, Jared Solinger? Jared Solinger, yep, that's right. Yep. Trent for three. Um, no, he still can't buy a damn bucket. still cold. 81-27 with 15-15 to go. But Georgie has the 45, right? Is the Or no, 35. Wait. Georgie has the record, right? Yeah, well, Georgie has the Big game. Ten. Well, that's a good question. He beat Deion Thomas's record yep. against somebody. And that's right against Rutgers, and I'm trying to think it now. Okay, so which one is it? I wonder. What record would that have been? Would it have been for a big I or something? It was just a. I thought it was just a freshman single game that's scoring record I, at Illinois. So, so what would the Brandon Paul freshman record be that Adam Miller just got? I didn't. Was Brandon Paul a freshman when he put up 43? No, no, no. Forty three for Brandon would have been when he was a mm, junior. Right? It was it was Weber's junior? last year. He was a junior when yeah. that happened. But I'm trying to think if he beat a record that Brandon Paul had set as a freshman. Maybe it's a oh, non conference game. Debut. It was a debut game. Debut. That's it. Okay. That's that makes what sense. It was. That makes sense. There we mm-hmm. go. Uh, Eighty one to twenty eight. Fifteen minutes to go here. I'll try to do a little bit of play by play to give people markers as they're listening to this podcast. It's it's. Very relaxing to do this kind of play-by-play, mm-hmm. Isaac, because now it's just kind of fun in games. For me, the three-game tournament that you have at home, the number one priority is stay healthy, and that could go for really yeah. any any game this season. But the second one is to get these role players some PT. I.O. for three. No good. I cannot believe it. He missed it. 81 points for Illinois, though, with 15 to go in this game. Um, but it would be staying healthy, number one. And then number two, seeing some of these role players. And between Grandison and Coleman Hawkins, uh, Curbelo, who I know is going to be more than just a role player, uh, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by Grandison's size and the three-pointer that he made look pretty good, and he's getting some rebounds. I'm encouraged by Coleman Hawkins' energy, which is kind of what you figured you'd get from him. Curbelo's been shaky, and shakier than I probably would have anticipated, but you still see those flashes that tell you this is going to be your point guard for four years. So all in all, encouraged by the role guys as well. Yeah, it's been, like I said, all the bright spots that we've heard so much about. You know, you talk about something enough and about how awesome it is, and then you start to question, or the longer it is, the more time doubt has to come into your head. So we hear all this praise about this Illinois team. So it's really nice to see that those bright spots are coming out. Obviously, Adam Miller, like you said, Curbelo, you can just tell that he's got the ability to see stuff other guys can't and make plays. Kofi, it's just an animal down low. He's gotten better. I think with his touch, you can already tell IO is IO and DeMonte still hitting threes. And it's all these pieces, the transfer guys, it'll be interesting to see when Hutch comes back, what he adds to from the, from the three point line. Um, I don't know what to expect from boss man, but yeah, it's, it's there really we go. Three, Trent is on the board. Uh oh! It is eighty-six to thirty-two, and, and just before that, you were talking about Grandison and Hutcherson. When Hutcherson gets back, Grandison had a really nice, yeah, uh, I get easy layup on a nice inbounds play. Then he went back down and got a rebound. So I think he's at five boards, five points, which is a pretty good debut for someone who was not getting. I don't 
recall at least getting quite the same amount of preseason hype as Hutcherson was. Trent for another three, no good. Trying for some heat check three action right there. It didn't happen. Uh, but yeah, again, reset here is 86-32 with 13 to go. And this is turning into... I mean, North Carolina AT&T is scoring this half, but you're just doubling them up with another... Wow. Grandison again with a layup. And that was contested. He's got seven and five boards. And you're going to hit the century mark with 10 minutes to go in the game, Isaac. Do you, like, do you think North Carolina Verizon or North Carolina T-Mobile has a better team this better team this year? Well done, well done. I I recall. Did we play these guys last year or two years ago? Yeah, it was it was last year. It was a thirty-one point victory, and it might have been it was over Christmas break or something because I remember going and there was like nobody there. Um, but yeah, it was. So it was pretty much like this game. I, but, I just recall calling them um, AT&T over and over, yeah. <laughs> despite knowing better. And it's I wasn't trying to be disrespectful of them or anything. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting how... Okay, well, first off, did you watch any of the Nebraska game before this? Yeah, it was not close. But um, No, it wasn't. And, and that freshman kid, McGovern. Is it McGow- McGowan? Yeah. McGovern. McGow- McGowan. McGow- is that right? McGowan? I, I, I know it's Mick something but he really good obviously but good. i yeah. noticed that i had that feeling that i i kind of miss and this is just one of those subtle things when you watch college basketball and your team is about to play trent for no trent's not going to take the three either he takes it in for a layup he is not going to make that layup and then insult to injury the ball hits him as he's out of bounds so it's going back to north carolina <laughs> a&t so nitpicking here but trent unfortunately struggled from the field today but here's here's the little thing that i missed one of many things that i missed but a little thing when the game before yours, you're afraid that it's going to go long. And yep. you're thinking, just end. So they're fouling a little bit at the end of a 50-point Nebraska win. It did end on time, and we still saw the start, mm-hmm. starting lineups and all that. But did you get that little, oh, God, don't do this. Please end already. And I, I miss that feeling. Oh, yeah. And when it's been months and months and months, you're like, please, God, I don't even want to wait two more minutes, let alone 20, just to watch you know, Nebraska kill McNeese State. And it's just been an itch. It's just been an itch. And I I said this on the radio yesterday. Illinois football has almost distracted me a little bit from it. Because obviously we've had to put a lot of brain power into this season. You know, we were super excited. Then we think we sucked. And we're like, okay, are we good again? So kind of just going back and forth with all those questions with football, you almost, I didn't obviously forget about this Illinois basketball team, but it's really, really just been a nice surprise. And it's just so satisfying that everything we thought about this team, I think, for the most part, is coming true. I mean, this is North Carolina AT&T, but you are just destroying them on all, all, part, all parts of the court. And it's nice not to have a nickel state last year where you have going to overtime oh my somehow. god that's right was that um, last year or two years ago i think it was last year it was on like big T- btn plus i think you might be right that um, might have been the first game of the year and we're thinking oh my god you've got to be right. kidding me i'll so, check that real quick and if there was a game to have an excuse to start off slow or look sloppy it would be game one in the middle of a pandemic um with no fans and you're playing in the mte so it's nice that these guys Game ready, 
And we were talking about this yesterday too. Brad's teams have had weirdly slow starts the past few years. They have. Even last year. And it was last year. It stuff. was it was Nichols State before you went on the road for that Grand Canyon Arizona uh, two games won. in a weekend. Yeah, 78 to 70 in overtime and you look at the other games in this non-conference. Uh, Nichols State you beat them in overtime. Grand Canyon you won by 12, but if you recall, that game was by no means a blowout. I mean, you, you really had to earn that 12-point no. win out there. Arizona got ugly. Police won you that game. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He absolutely, he did. And then the rest of the non-conference, you, you consider the Miami game of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. These almost upset at Maryland, and that was maybe one of the first signs that you were turning things around. But uh, And last year, you mentioned North Carolina A&T. You did beat them. You called it 31 points last year. If we're going transitive property, we are 30 points better than last year's team. Which I know is kind of a silly got, game to play, but hey, you think we're going to cover? I think we were like twenty-eight point favorites. I th- yeah, so I, I think they got it. Now, now here's something that is another among many positives, and it's one game, and of course we consider the opponent. But my biggest concern with this team in terms of personnel, unproven wings. That was certainly number one, and part of that was even though Alan Griffin technically a guard, you were often playing him at the three, and there were even moments where he was the biggest guard out there last year. So a three-slash-four in this guard-heavy lineup. And his ability to shoot and the energy he brought on defense and his rebounding ability, it seemed like he had a knack for just finding the ball, wherever it was. I, I was really worried that that was going to be something we would miss, and that may still prove to be true. But I'm encouraged by Adam Miller, of course, and his shooting ability and his size. I mean, you're starting him out there in a four-guard lineup, and he can guard the other team's four depending on the matchup. You have Grandison looking good out there. You got Coleman Hawkins as a guy that can come out for seven, eight minutes a game and do those sort of gritty things in terms of rebounding and defense. I just feel like production-wise on offense and defense, you can make up for Alan Griffin. I wasn't sure about it, but then I see these guys in person or on my TV, and it's like, oh, wait, I, I think we'll be okay. I think we can offset that. Oh, yeah, 100%. And honestly, I was more worried about replacing an Andres Felice just because he was such a dog. Yeah. And he won you multiple games last year. He would stop runs when you were cold for five or six minutes. And he would go on a 6-0 run by himself. And just defensively really good. Oh, man. And this, a beautiful, was, beautiful pass from Adam Miller and Io cutting towards the basket. It's 94-34. Can they get to 100 by the 10-minute mark. Before 10 minutes. We're at, we're at 11 minutes, 94 to 34, 60-point lead. North Carolina A&T. <laughs> I hope they shoot quickly so then we can go back and shoot quickly ourselves. I want 100 with 10 to go. I feel bad for the guy guarding Kofi. He just looks defeated. You know, even though he didn't make it, one of my favorite moments of the first half was Kofi trying to dunk from 12 feet out. Oh. And okay. he wasn't even close. No. <laughs> <laughs> he just... And he gets a he gets yeah. a little uh, bunny there, so it's now ninety six to thirty six, sixty point lead, ten twenty five to go. I don't know the way North Carolina A&T is going to hold the ball if you're going to get to a hundred with ten to go. Ooh, sorry, Let's, I'm a little bit ahead of you. Okay, so well, so there's a three there for North Carolina A&T. There's ten fifteen to go. Let's see if Illinois can get a bucket here. Io feeds Kofi down low. Kofi working, and the layup is no good, but a nice putback from Coleman Hawkins right there. 98-39. That was a Johnny-on-the-spot move from Coleman Hawkins. I like I like yeah. this kid. I like this kid already. He's long. Can we call him Hawk or something so we don't have to say Coleman Hawkins every time? I like that. Um, Hawk. Are you a White Sox <laughs> fan? Because uh, I guess White Sox fans, they're the only other the only other people I know that probably used Hawk. Uh 
regularly when it comes to their sports teams. But he, he, I am not. Well, you aren't a baseball fan, right? That's not really your thing. Not necessarily, no. Me and Harry could probably talk like MLB <laughs> hot stove the whole time. Just make up trades. Uh, okay, so yeah. we have a little break here. I want to—they're showing the previous five NCAA tournament appearances. Of course, 2013, the last official one. We all know last year's team would have been a tournament team. Uh, but man, it just feels like this year. I mean, last year we slayed a lot of dragons in terms of winning games on the road against teams we had beaten on the road. We are right there in the thick of it for a Big Ten title. You fall short, uh, but if you think about it the sort of steps that a team and a program has to take in order to get back to that level. I don't mind whatever mental edge it can add to this year's team. I may not mind the fact that they fell just a little bit short of a big 10 title last year. If that's what feeds them, if that is what guides them uh, into some crucial road wins to get that big 10 title this year, it, it does seem to me though, when you look at this performance so far, Brad Underwood fired up, they're showing him during a timeout here, despite being up 50, or sorry, 60, 59 points. 59. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm thinking, Jeez. you know, in terms of the logical steps, it kind of reminds me last year's team, if we were to say they were sort of like Lon Kruger's last team. You had all the pieces in place, but it was the next year with Bill Self coming in and a few new pieces that you took that step to an Elite Eight Big Ten title. It just seems like the next logical step is this team winning a Big Ten title and the advantageous schedule only helps. So, yeah, this, Isaac, this team's going to win the Big Ten title if we get a season in. I'm just saying it. I want. It's gonna happen. I just want you to get farther than last year and do better things than last year. As simple as that sounds. So you got technically second in the Big Ten last year. So let's win or at least get a share of the Big Ten. I'm fine. Title. With, I'm fine with the share. Then, you know, they 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 mean all the same. Yeah. You hang the banner. In the Big Ten tournament, I mean, you obviously want to win, but you never know if. You could have an off night, and I was hitting 43s against you, so it is what it is. Um, and then the tournament, you didn't make the tournament last year, so as long as you don't get upset in a nasty game, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, just just do, just play well all season and do what you know you can you can accomplish, and just send Io out, you know, into the sunset. Uh, just something something that really really sends him into the NBA with tears in our eyes yeah i would love happy tears i'm trying to think the last time i choked i I will say there was a moment today by the way we have hit the century mark it's 100 to 43 the defense is getting a little bit sloppy out there so at least hey the good thing is a coachable win you always want a coachable win and i think you can uh, learn more from a loss than you can from a win yeah Uh, well you can you can uh but it just it's a lot more fun to nitpick when you're up by 57 North Carolina oh, A&T yeah. might bring this within 55. They do not. Kofi with the board. Here's your lineup. Kofi, Crabello, Miller. Do we got some Brandon Lieb action? Who's number four? Is that Drew? K- who? No. Uh, that's the walk-on. Oh, Zach Griffin. Sorry. Yeah, right. Griffith. And then uh, DeMonte is out there as well. 829 to go in this game. Uh, speaking of of tears, right? Now, there, I didn't really well up, but I did have a sort of ugh, like gut punch moment when I saw the little Lou Henson insignia that they're going to rock on the jerseys this year. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it, it was when I was running this morning. It was by State Farm Center. And I don't know if it was like runner's high or the music I was listening to or the fact I was by State Farm Center and knowing that the team was a couple hours away from tipping off in a season we didn't think we would get. And yeah, I just, 
felt it. And I was like, am I going to break down about a game against North Carolina A&T? I have not. I have not. But I, I would love, and I think, Isaac, if we got to that point, if you do get to a Final Four, if you do win a Big Ten title, th- that's going to pack a lot of emotion for Illini fans that have been so starved for this. And we're due. You know, it, it is... It's not a sense of entitlement, but it's knowing the history of this program and that we belong in positions like this. And to top it all off, last year, we felt so good about our team at the end of the season. And I know everybody kind of got screwed over by the pandemic and not being able to play March Madness, but you just didn't have any closure. So that just almost made it twice as bad you had not been to the tournament for so long and you hadn't had this much national national media coverage in so long. And it just feels so nice to finally see it. We've been talking about it for so long and you start to get the glimpses and the hope when guys like Adam Miller sign and you start to speculate, this team could be really good. You know, we could be almost as good as the Oh five team. And now to finally see it on the floor so nice. It's it's kind of like last year, the first game, the Nickel State game, and then just the first few games at Kofi, because he had signed the previous year and committed somehow after the Florida Atlantic game. Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> how he just we'll never know. Finally, we'll never know. oh, I know. Yeah, the things that make you go. Hmm. Hmm. But signing him and seeing him on the floor, you got that hope in your stomach you know it was so nice to finally check off that box to have a, a huge center at illinois that we needed for so long and now it's like we're just it's like that excitement times three or four because you have a three-point shooter dominant score and adam miller you have Corbello, who you haven't had a dominant disher in a while and all these other pieces coleman hawkins these transfers who you saw on the bench all last year and then to top it all off, you get a returning Io and a returning Kofi. It's it's just been a long time coming. And I will admit, my first Illinois basketball let's go yell of the season was the first Adam Miller three because I was just like, yes, this guy is who we thought he was. Um, and they just kept making stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, maybe he's better than we thought. But. It's it's relieving. It's beautiful to see it come together. It's like art. Brad Underwood is a painter, and and mm, this is an something that metaphor. hopefully we get a we get a banner up up top for in the rafters. So next year, hopefully, we can go to games and see twenty 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 one Illinois basketball. Well, you know what it does when you do get those banners. It takes a load off, and I'm thinking about how. Yeah. Most Illini basketball teams, their seasons in prematurely. I, I in my lifetime can remember one Final Four run, oh four, oh five. I was too young for eighty nine, and but you know you win a Big Ten title here and a Big Ten title there, and those disappointments they melt melt away, kind of. You know, I mean, of course they stick with you and they add up after a while, but they don't hurt quite as bad if you know that you have accomplishments that you can say, oh right, that that season. They won the Big Ten uh, title, and they made the Sweet 16, which that was Bruce Weber's first year, and that was a hell of an accomplishment. Their first outright Big Ten title in forever. They made the second week in the tournament, and that is, by all accounts, a really successful season. And and that's coming from a program that, you know, you want to get over that hump, but you also, as a historical uh, historic top 15 program or so, based on wins and tournament appearances, you can... I don't want to say settle with that, but you you don't feel empty 
after something like that. When I look at this team, uh, the first step is a Big Ten title. And what that would do for me going into March in the bubble in Indy, it would take a load off. It, it, and it's sort of like how all these high expectations, 0405. I know we were all thinking national title, but for me, just simply making the Final Four, that was a load off. As much as it hurt losing against North Carolina, I knew that they had achieved something that was going to be synonymous with the 0405 team. Final Four, 0405. Um, to me, it's just all those steps that you get along the way. The more accomplishments you get earlier in the season, the uh, more fun we can just kind of sit back. And of course, it's going to be pressure filled when they're in that bubble in Indy, but not as much. Um, if you can just get that Big Ten title and maybe a Big Ten tournament title and then just get greedy at that point. And I say that as Adam Miller hits another three, he's at 28. I can't believe him. Six for seven. He's got wow. 28. Iowa's got 28. Kofi with 16. DeMonte with six. He's kind of quieted down after his explosive first half. Yeah. But you know what? Look at DeMonte, though. Five rebounds and six assists. Also, I'll for this it. team, uh, yeah, I know, 25 assists for Illinois on 37 made baskets, 15 of wow. 27 from three, 51 rebounds to 12. I'll say that one more time. And 51 rebounds to 12. I know Georgie has made a few mistakes, but at this point in his career with this much talent, if he has seven points and seven boards most nights, I'm going to be totally fine with that. Oh, absolutely. Just playing, playing his role and getting getting to some relief points down low, but um, Carp, you might, this would be an interesting question because okay. 2005 going to the national championship, I was still young. That was one of the first Illinois games I ever remember watching. And what would you say the relief period is after? So how long after 2005 were you kind of like, okay, it's time for us to start winning again, or it's time for us oh, to get back. Yeah to the top of the Big Ten. It lasted a while. I'll say, like, the next year was a victory lap for Dean James, and it's unfortunate they didn't win the Big Ten title, mostly because that Penn State game at home, the buzzer, be buzzer beater that wasn't from Rich McBride, and then not making the second weekend of the tournament. So that, that year, you fell short on both fronts, and yet it, you still were kind of basking in the glow. It was still a nice cap for Dean James. It was overall a, a pretty good team. And I would say that, you know, in terms of the energy at State Farm Center and all that, it continued into what would have been Weber's fifth year. And that fifth season for Weber would have been when they finished, I think, 14 and 18. Eric Gordon came into town with Indiana. It was one of the most electric environments I've seen. And even though it felt like we were on the downslope, we still had that swagger. That's how long it carries over. You know, three plus years later, you're still kind of... You know, wearing that Illinois jersey with a sense of, well, we are, uh, you know, one of the best teams in the Big Ten. We're a top 15 program, all that. Of course, it wears off over time. And that's where the Weber era, the biggest disappointment with that is he didn't need to sustain top five. He didn't need to sustain top 10. He merely could have done what Lon Kruger did, which was more of a top 20 program, not top 25, top 20, you know, and uh, he wasn't able to do that. So long winded way of saying if you can hang a couple banners this year, you know how much easier that makes, uh, let's say, next season? Clearly, you're going to take a step down without Kofi and Io, and who knows, maybe Adam Miller. But it makes that rebuilding year or the transition years a little bit easier to take when you know, well, this is what Brad Underwood and the staff can achieve when he gets the guys. And his short history here would suggest that he will get the guys that he needs to 
feel the top four Big Ten team. And frankly, that's all I need to be. If I know we're going to be in the top four and winning a Big Ten title uh, once every you know four or five years, I can get in that pattern. I'd be fine with it. I, I don't need Final Four after Final Four, though. If we got to get greedy, I guess I'd take it. Yeah, if we win a Big Ten championship and then stay solid, I'm 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 set till at least 2025. I'd say. Um, as Brandon, <laughs> oh, Grandison Brandon with the three game. So Brandon Leaves in the game now. Grandison hits a three. Here's your lineup. You got Trent, Adam Miller, Andre Cribello as your guards. Grandison and Brandon Lieb. Now I think you can play him X amount of games before you decide you're going to redshirt him. Correct? Yes. Okay. I don't know how many those are, but he'll probably get some early playing time here, especially in this tournament to save Kofi and Georgie a bit. Brandon Lieb, well, he gets fouled. Okay, 4.30 to go. It's 108 to 52. Really, talk about nitpicking. Offensively, the only issue has been Trent, and I'm not going to freak out until we see this repeatedly against the likes of, well, the better non-conference teams like a Baylor, a Duke, um, even Missouri power five team. If we see Trent struggle throughout December, then I'm going to get a little bit weary about that, but wouldn't it be a nice position where Adam Miller, the way he's performing, you don't need that output. I, oh, you yeah. might, you might Imagine, be in that position. Yeah. A few years ago and even IO's first year, Trent was like our best offensive option. So the fact that now here we are just a couple years later and Trent has, He's only made, what, one shot? Yeah, he's got three points, and you're up by 58. So that's that's pretty satisfying, and that just shows how much Brad has brought together uh, just such a solid squad just over the past past few years. Um, yeah, you got to be excited about pretty much everybody today, though. I mean, everybody's shown, shown a bright spot, shown how they can play a role on this team. And, man, are you deep. I mean, you're seeing these guys – the only starter on the floor role, you have Trent and Demonte, but it's exciting. Exciting to have a bench. I mean, think about how many years we have been screwed if a starter gets hurt or absolutely, yeah. If so, it's it's just nice to actually have depth. And a lot of your backups could start on other Big Ten teams too. So just knowing you have that talent and you're not just Really digging deep to put somebody on the floor. Coleman Hawkins three, no good. Brandon Lieb going for the board. He gets it. Brandon He's Lieb with the offensive board. Uh, by the way, Grandison had uh, grabbed a really nice board on the other end. He's physical. And he's yeah. six seven. He's built. He's game ready. I don't know if there's going to be much of a transition period for him necessarily. Uh, another loose ball. Another offensive board for Illinois. Trent for three. He makes it. There we go. 113 to 52. Trent. Makes the 17th, not for him, but 17th for the team. That is a school record. And considering I lived through 0405 and how efficient that team was with their three-pointers, again, consider the opponent. But when you set a school record and you are hitting them with that high of a frequency, and listen, Adam Miller, he's he's not ever going to be a bad three-point shooter. Io clearly worked on it. Crabello gets with a nice take there. Good to see him get a little bit of offensive numbers. Now it's 115 to 54, and Illinois is still playing their butts off here. Trent going for a loose ball. It goes out of bounds. 304 to go. And I think this is the last media timeout. 115 to 54. And yeah, it's kind of funny as we sit here for these postgame pods, Isaac. Well, of course, in a week, and I think a week from today, that will be December 2nd and the Baylor game. Yep. So Ooh. we'll probably have 
some real nitty gritty to talk about that one the following week, December 8th, that Tuesday against Duke. So we have these big ones coming up. We do. Uh, Friday, though, Friday, I'm hoping, is kind of similar to this, where we get in here and we can update the score every now and then. And we just get to praise every single player on the team. This is this is a, a perfectly good excuse to be a Pollyanna Kool-Aid drinking fan. They are giving us every oh, yeah. reason to do that right now. And Ohio is going to be the best. I mean, they're finished. They're projected to finish second in the MAC, so you should still demolish them. But they're going to be the best team you play by far. But Baylor game doesn't start till nine our time, so we will we will be staying up late for that. The Duke line just came out though. Duke, you play on the eighth. They are two point favorites. That line already came out, huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that will be. I love it. I love playing at Cameron Indoor, which here's the deal. Without the fans, it's not going to be the same as playing at Duke normally. But you know what? In the media guide and in the NCAA tournament resumes and the way they do the quad one and quad two, it's going to count every bit as good as if you beat Duke at Cameron with 10,000 people stuffed in that gym. So what I love about this year, and we're seeing it today, of course, against an inferior opponent, but with this team and with veteran leaders like Io and Trent, I'll call Kofi a veteran, just based on the amount of playing experience he got last year in DeMonte, it's just all about playing ball. There's no distractions. Yeah. And what I mentioned on the last podcast was how, or I think the basketball preview podcast I did last weekend, as much as I enjoy watching Illinois win on the road, for the most part, I, I don't enjoy watching road games. I hate when the other crowd gets into it. I hate feeling like the game's going to slip away from you because of momentum. You aren't going to run into those same situations as much this year, which leads me to think, as good as this team was in road environments anyways, this whole year, and this goes for everybody, but this entire season is just a rehearsal for the bubble in Indy. It's all neutral courts. You're just playing ball. And yeah. given that fact, at Cole Center, at Carver-Hawkeye, Places that normally I'd say, even if Illinois has got their best team in 15 years, I don't like our chances. You know what? With no fans, I like our chances on any court. It doesn't matter where it's at. It's it's an empty court, and it's just simply who is the better team. I love that going into this season. And that's where I think experience and veterans show up because you can't feed off of a crowd. And in the Big Ten the past few years, home court advantage has been huge. I mean, what was it last year? The home team started like 30 and one or something crazy like that. Yeah. Something like and that. it's, it's just amazing to have as crappy as a year. This is to have experience and stuff going into this season. And there's something you can really feed off of, but this year I know I, I'm not going to be super picky. I'm just going to be really happy that we're good and nationally relevant. We have all these pieces, but one thing I really want to see, Carp is last year you won some huge games you won some big games on the road and so you proved you were on the rise getting to the top but in those matchups that would have put you on top you lost so you lost Arizona at the beginning of the season you got whooped Maryland came to town Scott Van Pelt's in town ESPN's here you lost Michigan State came into town you lost and it was sold out. So you, you know what I'm saying? I just, I last year was amazing, but this year I want to see you beat a Baylor. I want to see you beat a Duke, you know, on national TV and prove that you are one of the best teams in the country and you have a valid reason to be a one or a two seed in the tournament. That's why, and, that's why Isaac, that Iowa game was so cathartic because 
it was the first time when you had entered a game with crazy anticipation and hype that you actually closed the deal. A lot of the other big wins last year, and I guess you could say at Penn State because Iowa came back, but a lot of those other wins last year were road wins that were kind of surprising and uh, didn't maybe have that buildup beforehand. You you entered thinking, well, we got a shot. You know, in games like Maryland and Michigan State, you could taste the Big Ten title, and ah, you came up short. Or the game at Maryland, which is a huge opportunity early, ah, you came up short. So for all the great wins last year, there were just as many games that you came up just short, which kept you from winning the Big Ten title. So if if this team follows your formula, then yeah, you flip those games, you're going to have a pretty damn good year. Um, We do have someone joining us, though. Trevor, are you there? What's up, boys? How you doing? Oh, we're hey. we're great, man. We're fantastic. This is uh, this may be the most dominant game we've ever seen. <laughs> it, this is akin to Ooh. and I'm apples and oranges. Andre Crabella, real quick. Beautiful, great layup in traffic. He gets fouled. He's going up there for an and one. Okay, so not to get hyperbolic here. It is apples and oranges. This team is not the o four o five team. But this is a performance very much like 0405, where regardless of the opponent, you dominated in every facet. So, yeah, Trevor, this is the most dominant game I've seen since 0405. And it feels like it actually matters because of how clean of a game it's been for Illinois. I mean, this is what you're supposed to do, right? If you're a top 10 team facing a team like this at home. And it's hard to take too much away. But I do feel like there's a difference between winning Get by him 30 lead. Sorry. Get him lead. and winning by, <laughs> and winning by 75. Okay, so Lieb. You guys want a special guest on the podcast? Well, you know what Brandon Lieb? No, my my grandma is here. Give us your thoughts on Oh, the yes, game. please. We, we, I'm happy to be here for this historic moment. Okay, all right. Well, it is historic. I think it's going to be a 70-point win when all said and done. I think that's history. Yeah. Uh, what's the largest win ever? I don't wise? know. I don't know. Huh. I used to have this old collection of media guides that would have had it in there. So I remember, I think Dave Downey has the all time record for 63 points in a game. Um, but in terms of the largest margin of victory, I don't know what that would be. I recall one game that I went to in the Henson era where it was Chicago state, which if you think this margin was bad, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Chicago state's huh. the worst team on Ken Palm. They're terrible. And by the way, this makes absolutely no sense. I The coach decides today. He's like, you know what? This COVID thing, I don't think I want to coach. Which, okay, <laughs> that's fine. But why can't you make that decision weeks ago? Nothing's changed. It's, it's COVID's still here. It's been here for eight months now. Why did all of a sudden you wake up and say, listen, it's it's game day? I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't feel comfortable with this COVID-19 thing. Carp, if, you, no if you came down to Champagne with that team and then <laughs> saw what you had and saw who you were playing, you might bail out too. Ooh, Brandon Lee with a block. Okay, so Trevor, I think you guys are a smidge ahead of me here. I got 108 to go. I'll, I'll call the Brandon Lee block. We're about to witness history here. Look at that. With 103 to go, he gets the big block. Oh, no, a three from North Carolina A&T. I don't think we're going to get the 70-point margin. Darn it. I want to keep it 60-plus, though. So, Trevor, uh, we were talking. Listen, the Givens are— What the are, heck do you even say? I don't know. Yeah, right. North Carolina A&T coach. Is Edgar Padilla in there? 121 to 58. Is Edgar Padilla in there now, running point? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, Coleman Hawkins gets oh. the ball stolen from him, and— <laughs> North Carolina A&T throws it to their coach. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's talk, if we can break down something, which I know it's kind of silly to say that when you're up by 63 points, but we were talking earlier, Trevor, about, okay, we know what the core is, and now you can, I guess, pencil in Adam Miller as a star, which he mm-hmm. probably is. So Adam Miller, Iowa, and Kofi, that's your core that you know those three are going to produce every game. DeMonte, you know he's the glue guy, he'll bring it. Trent, I think, will become more efficient offensively. But the other guys that kind of dictate the ceiling for this team, Grandison, Coleman Hawkins and Crabello from those three, uh, who have you been most impressed with? Yeah, I think it's Granderson. I think uh, he came in well before Georgie did, and I think he's got significantly more minutes than Georgie does. And I, I'm not necessarily worried that Georgie is going to fall off the depth chart entirely, but Grandison looks pretty good. I mean, he hit a few threes. He's got inside game and outside game. He's got length. He's one of those guys that – who was the guy that went to um, – he went to Stephen F. Austin. You thought you were going to get him, but then oh, he ended yeah. up going to T.J. Holyfield. Yeah. Yep. That's the Grandison yeah. feels like the T.J. Holyfield comp, and I think that as your sixth or seventh guy is you, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. I'd like to see him more than Georgie. And again, that's not a shot at Georgie. He's looked fine. He's had a few good assists. But if I were sort of targeting that, I don't even think you can call Adam Miller the. I mean, maybe he's the X factor, but he's played better than an X factor today. So I, I think if I were to target one of those guys you mentioned, Carp, it'd be Grandison. On the negative end, maybe you look at Trent. I think he's one for nine. Yeah, and I am. Think, okay, you know, last year he never really broke out of that slump. Now he's one for nine today. But I'm not going to overreact to that yet. No, I'll give it. I'll give it through the rest of the non-conference schedule for him to get going. And I would hope that just less. The more and more this goes on with Miller producing, which I see no reason to think he's not going to score 28 every game. But I see no reason he can't score 14, 15 points a game. The guy's got the size. He's clearly ready for this this level of basketball. Uh, but when it comes to Trent, I will worry if we get through the Baylor and the Duke stretch and he's still shooting 20% from the field. You mentioned Grandison, though, and he did come in before Georgie today. And I don't have the minutes in front of me, but I do believe if I'm just kind of guessing here, I'm pretty sure he played more as well, which leads me to believe this team, for the most part, will have Georgie spell Kofi. And you will not see Kofi and Georgie on the court that much together. And that is the benefit of having a six foot seven guy like Grandison. And then when he gets healthy, another six foot seven guy in Hutcherson that can play a small four. Um, real quick, that's the game 122 to 60. Is that correct? 122 to 60. My score yeah. app is not updating. Yes. Illinois wins uh, emphatic fashion. Now we get to watch Iowa against North Carolina Central, all these directional North Carolina schools playing. So, yeah, I, I am encouraged by that, too, Trevor. You're right. The Grandison uh, thing more than any of the guys, because Crabello, you don't need Crabello to be great this year. Um, but you do sort of need a wing player that you can count on, even if he's not going to stuff the stat sheet. But, hell, that's what Grandison did today. He scored. He the got rebounds. Eight. Yeah. And he he has a physicality to him that I wasn't anticipating. It seemed more of the reports out of camp, especially about Hutcherson, were what an offensive uh, skill set that he brought to the table. But with Grandison, I'm I'm impressed with his versatility. Yeah, he's been really good. Um, again, if I were doing that on the flip side, I'd look at Trent's one for nine and just think, okay, that's not super encouraging. But again, I, I'm trying not to overreact in this game because, A, this game was over 15 minutes into the game. And B, this wasn't going to be a close game to begin with. So I'm not going to go, oh boy, you know, Trent's still in his shooting slump. But I don't know how much it matters if Adam's scoring 28, Io's scoring 28, Kofi's getting double doubles, 
Grandison's almost getting a double-double. I mean, this team is so ridiculously stacked that it almost feels like the entire season Trent could go like three for nine, three for ten every game, and it wouldn't even matter. Yeah, it, it does have that feeling, and it, that that is, uh, Isaac, something that if Trent does get going, I mean, you know, and not even, he doesn't need to be red hot. He doesn't need to be microwave Trent that was putting up the occasional 30 point game his freshman year. It's just finding that little pocket of efficiency for Trent. And if he does that, then I mean, listen, look out already. We would already say, look out for this team. You get Trent producing uh, consistently, then my goodness, I don't know what the weakness, especially offensively. I don't know what the weakness would be. Yeah. And the thing the thing about Trent is if he's playing really good defense, like lockdown defense as he did last year, and then putting up, I mean, six, eight points we'd like, you obviously want him to get out of the shooting slump. But there was a lot of games last year where he made an impact defensively, just shutting down the other point guard, shutting down the other uh, scorer on the other team. So if we can get our points elsewhere, and then, yeah, it'd be great if Trent can score 20 on a random night, too. But if he can do his job defensively, then we can find points in other ways. And can I just say the Iowa game's on, and I just hate Iowa. I hate them and so I much. I hate them I hate so them. much. They all five and guys. Every son. Ugh. Not, not that it matters. Not that it matters. I hate them. They're all white. And this is just prototypical Iowa basketball. <laughs> My entire life, they have been whiter than Wisconsin. It is so aggravating. I cannot stand them. And it's, it, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for when we play them. And how lucky are we? As much as I would have loved two games with these guys, you got the scheduling break. You get them at home. I know it's not going to be, home court advantages are not going to be quite the same this year. But to get that scheduling break, that could be the swing in the Big Ten title race. And you know what? For all the lack of scheduling breaks it's felt like we've gotten in the past, Trevor, I'm thinking, I'll take it. And I would love for that to mean that we end up not sharing it, but just winning the damn thing outright. You know, it's nice. I was thinking, I was just driving back from the grocery store, which, by the way, is a zoo right now. With oh, I'm Thanksgiving, sure, yeah. But um, I was thinking on my way back, typically in the non-conference in past years, I've kind of conditioned myself to root against Big Ten teams, even though you, you, you know, a lot of people are conference pride or whatever. But I don't care. I want to see Iowa start 0-4. Because, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, th- I think in my head, like, well, that's going to give you the leg up. But Illinois is supposed to be so good, and they've looked so good already here so far that I'm not really worried about that. And to go back to what you're talking about with the schedule, it's sort of like a, a leisure to feel like, eh, whatever, schedule's a schedule. I like whoever we play. You know what I mean? Because it seems like so often in this past decade of, of mediocrity, if you can even, you're being nice by calling it that, you know, you think, okay, well, we get one schedule and break. We get Purdue once instead of twice. That's big. I'm just not really thinking that way this year. Yeah, I agree. Like, whoever agree. you get is whoever you get. I don't care if Purdue starts out 0-4. They can start out 16-0. and You're still going to play well against them. I'm just not that concerned about, like, the micro with other Big Ten teams. Now, would I have liked to play Iowa twice? Sure. Is it nice that you get them at home? Sure. Is it nice that you only get Michigan State and Michigan once as well? Sure. I mean, your three road games that you only get once are three of the five ranked teams in the Big Ten, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Michigan. So it's nice that you only play them once, but it's more of a, eh, that's fine, than like a, you know, well, that yeah. might shift the whole season. It's not a deal breaker. I will say the one difference between Illinois and Iowa, and we remember this from last year, Iowa did not share the Big Ten title either. It was, what, Michigan State, Wisconsin? Is that right? 
and yes. Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Maryland, right? In Maryland, that's right. There you go. So we had a three-way tie for first, and then Illinois finished right outside of that. And because we beat Iowa in that last game, we would have gotten the double bye and played on Friday. I remember that being the, really the storyline going into that game on Sunday night. But with that Iowa team last year, defense was an issue. It was the issue all year. Already they've given up. And listen, I'm not going to extrapolate from four minutes against North Carolina Central. Go, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't trust their defense. I trust Illinois' defense. I trust them even with a freshman Adam Miller out there. I trust them because I know Iowa is playing to become a lottery pick. And he wants to be a complete player. We saw that from the three-point shooting. But you know when he needs to turn the defense up, he will. Kofi just being a beast down low anyways. DeMonte being the enforcer, so to speak, on defense. And then Trent being a pest. He is a pest on defense. So I will take my chances against a team like Iowa that when they're making shots, as we saw last year, they had that run where they couldn't miss a damn shot in the first half against Illinois. But it wasn't that difficult to get back in the game because their defense is just not on par with teams that are trying to win a Big Ten title. So unless Iowa may very well score 90 points a game this year, they might. But they're going to be giving up 92 or 93, I think, one or two times too many when it comes down to it in terms of the Big Ten race. Yeah, I was just going to say, Carp, to your point, there's probably going to be a few games where Iowa scores triple digits, and that may sound silly, but it's true. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a few games where it's not going to matter because they're going to go, I don't know, 14 from of 20 from deep uh, between Frederick, Wieskamp, McCaffrey, and all those guys, as I puke in my mouth saying that. <laughs> but at the same time, to your point, Carp, how many games last year did we see with Iowa where they were fun, entertaining games, but it was like Iowa 93, Northwestern 78. I mean, that's a high-scoring game against yeah. a team that has no business scoring 78 points against you. So I think the two factors where you look at Illinois has a leg up on Iowa, other than just the fact that I think they can play with them and they beat them once last year, is that one, Iowa can't play a lick of defense, and Illinois can, and that might lead to higher ceiling wins for Iowa but less consistency for Iowa. And then two, it didn't really happen last year, so we didn't talk about it, but the narrative of a Fran team for this last decade has been total and utter meltdown when things start going wrong. Yeah, true. I mean, the last February to March stretch of every single Fran team, except for last year's, to a certain extent, feels like he just blows his top and throws a chair. They lose four of five. It just seems like that always happens with Iowa. And so I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I just think that in a funny way, you have to factor in Fran almost as a negative to his own team because it seems like every season they have some type of swoon where he just loses it and he can't figure out how to get it back on the track. You know what, though? That's how the game should have ended last March. As much as I love the exciting finish, we should have won by 12, 13 points. And the, the key moment, I mean, listen, Iowa came back as they were bound to do based on that offense, but they were losing control of that game. And it was because of a meltdown and it was because of a 15 minute stretch, really the end of the first half into the first 10 minutes of the second half. That's why they lost. And Fran had a part of that with his explosions on the court. And that just fed in the energy of the State Farm Center. You won't get that. That'll be interesting to see how a hot tempered guy like Fran, if he doesn't have something to feed off of. I'm, but then again, I'm sure he's enough of a sociopath where he'll find something. But I'm thinking how last year's team, and this is the step that you want from Illinois, and I think, Isaac, you may have been alluding to this, where what you want to see, and it sounds obvious, but it's true, 
everything that they did well last year, you just want to see them take that next step. And that could go for anything. And one example of that would be how this team last year, they won a lot of games for Illinois, but they had this weird ability to keep games uh, within reach for the other team. There wasn't a whole lot of stepping on the opponent's throat and winning by 15 points at home like a true top 15 quality team would do. And this year, North Carolina A&T, again, hard to extrapolate, but I think when you get these Big Ten teams at home, you want to start seeing that. And instead of Iowa coming back from a 15-point deficit, which I think it got that large last, uh, last March between Iowa and Illinois, instead of seeing them come back from it, you just want to keep him at arm's length and not let it get to that. And Isaac, to me, that would be a sign that you did, in fact, make that step from top 20 team to top 10. Oh, yeah, for sure. Doing what you're supposed to and not playing down to your competition just night in and night out. And again, I think that's going to be a little bit easier without fans. If you can get better at just playing like it's practice and not having to worry about the home court environment for the other team, that could be big. But like Trevor was saying earlier, it doesn't at this point, it shouldn't matter who you play. Obviously, like we, we shouldn't even be talking about scheduling and like, ah, crap, we got to play Baylor and then Duke right off the bat because we should want to compete with anybody. And if you're going to be the best, you got to beat the best. That old cliche, but it's true. Um, I almost wish we played Iowa twice. Just we had two opportunities to whoop them. But like, you want to be the team on everybody's schedule that they're like, oh, crap, we have to go play at Illinois this week. Yeah, You want to be the scariest team in the Big Ten and not be looking at, oh, shoot, we have to go play. Because, you know, that the dominance of Michigan State and stuff the past 10 years or ever since Izzo's been there, basically, they rarely probably look at the schedule and say, oh, crap, we got to go play somebody. Everybody's like, oh, crap, Michigan State's coming to town or we have to go to the Breslin. So. That's what you want Champagne to be, where you don't fear anybody and you're ready to step up and play no matter who's on your schedule. And it's a nice place to be. By the way, Iowa, they're starting to hit threes at will. And that's that's what they're going to do this year. They're going to be a frustrating team to watch because you can't stop their off. You can't. They're, they're just too good of shooters and too good offensively. So that will, of course, be a competitor for the Big Ten title. Wisconsin, give me a freaking break. You know, I got, I got to be honest. I know they're going to be good. But it shouldn't bother me, but it does, how we're eighth and they're seventh. I know for a fact we are better than Wisconsin. I know for a fact. And I know they're going to finish top four. They, 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 they shouldn't be. I, we mentioned this yesterday with Derek on 93.5, Isaac, but I don't even understand how Wisconsin tied for that Big Ten title. Like, it, it makes no if sense. If they had lost that last game at Indiana, I'm pretty sure they would have finished like fifth. And I'm not completely invalidating their season because they had a good one. But, man, I mean, you look at that schedule, they got a ton of breaks. They lost in a holiday tournament to Richmond and Ole Miss. They got swept in that holiday tournament. And I just feel like, I, I don't know, they're just one of those things. It's like it's like Kirk Cousins. He could go out and throw for 500 yards in 12 <laughs> consecutive games. And you don't and trust him. still be convinced that he is awful. Yeah, agreed. Wisconsin could win three straight titles. And I would tell you, hand to God, that I don't think they deserve a share of any single one of them. I'm trying to think of the last time that Illinois had a mediocre team that won a Big Ten title. And that's what makes it so frustrating. And the kind of run that Wisconsin Revenue Sports are on, that even when they aren't good, they somehow just sort of blindly find their way to a Big Ten title among the upteenth 
Big Ten titles. They've won in men's basketball and football these last 25 years. But you know what? Today's a happy day. we got plenty of time to be pissed off at other Big Ten teams. That is coming up, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> before we leave, by the time people listen to this, it may be Wednesday evening. It may be as they're preparing their turkey on Thursday. We are not going to do a Chicago State second half podcast for obvious reasons. It's a, it's a hol- I know. It's, it's a holiday, and it's... Chicago State. (laughs) But let's predict (laughs) one random ass thing to happen in the Chicago State game. I'm going with a Kofi three, the first of the year. I was going to say that. No. Sorry, I had, that's why I jumped in there so quick, because I know that they talked in the offseason. I think Underwood mentioned, the, oh, Kofi's working on his three-point game, which I don't think was tongue-in-cheek. So I'm going the first Kofi three of the year tomorrow against Chicago State. What do you think, Trev? Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to parlay this into one other random note I wanted to hit on. Okay. DeMonte is going to hit two threes again tomorrow. That's, sim- that's since, his thing. Since halfway through the Big Ten season last year, he has hit two threes in almost every single game. So maybe I'm not going out on a limb, but that is one thing to watch for, and I'll say it continues tomorrow. Okay, that's fair. What do you think, uh, Isaac? All right, let's see. Brandon Lieb puts a Chicago State player on a poster. Wow. And maybe a Chicago State player accidentally scores on their own basket. Something crazy like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy year though. Hey, you know, what That's a far a what a far cry from when Jalen Coleman lands bailed you out against Chicago State in Springfield. We've come a long way. We need I we need never revenge. want to play in Springfield. Do, do you guys remember <laughs> how truly awful those four games in Springfield were. I do. I remember the first one was Florida A&M. You got smoked. I remember the North Florida two day or North Florida. Sorry. That's right. Two days later, yeah. I think that you may have just barely beat South Dakota state. Maybe uh, you, uh, you beat South Dakota state. And then the next day you lost to UT Chattanooga. God dang. That's right. And then you, and had a buzzer beat beater Chicago from State at the buzzer. That's right. Yeah, that's probably the moment that we knew that team. No, well, we knew the first game against North Florida <laughs> that that team was not going to be very good. That was a rough year. That was a long year. And to think that that was what five seasons ago, and that's a long time, but not really. Yeah. It's long, but it's not. And it is so cool to be top ten. I'm glad that you guys really for the first time in your young adult lives because when you're young kids you can only really appreciate something so much without context and that you guys get to for me it feels like ah this is where we should be for you guys uh last question before we get out of here and i'll start with you trevor does this feel weird having illinois as a top 10 team and presumably a team that will stay there throughout the year it it does and it's weird i kind of got this and we were texting about it i've just got this like sort of I'm in seventh heaven beam because I don't really remember like to your point carp you sort of I remember 05 like oh yeah that was fun everybody was talking about it but I was what eight nine yeah and so really I I I could pinpoint the first season where you know once you become a teenager and you're a sports fan you sort of get overtly obsessed with it to the point where you can remember like every game that happened and that season for me was like oh nine ten and so really that's where I start my diehard Illini observations. And so and so you think about 09 to now, I mean, this really is the first time that I'm watching with 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 enthusiastic diehard fandom uh, a top ten team with expectations. And frankly, I could just sit here and watch that game five times over. I'm just ready to soak yeah. it in 
as much as I possibly can. This is just so much dang fun. Isaac, what about you? Is that it weird? Was, that was it. It is weird because there's been multiple seasons in the past, even in my young life, where you had high expectations for an Illinois basketball team, or you thought maybe they could take another step, and then you do something ridiculous. You lose to Winthrop, you know, to start the season or something like that. So to kind of get some clarification on these pieces we've heard about all off season and that this team just looks so nice and then tie that into, it's a great feeling when, so growing up in Michigan, Illinois was essentially never good when I was there, except for, cause I was there from about 2009 to 2019 and they were never really good besides the Brandon Paul area era when we went to the tournament. Yeah. And so just constantly getting crap from Michigan, Michigan state fans had a few Ohio state fans in there. And then now I have people texting me saying, you know, like, man, Illinois would be good this year or like, we're not looking forward to playing in champagne or whatever. So it's just nice finally getting that respect instead of in both sports, people, saying, oh, yeah, we're playing Illinois this week as if it was North Carolina A&T. So it's it's relieving to get the respect, and it is weird just to have all these expectations. Let's let's see what happens. I, I will let you guys know I've never had a more calm sense of this team's going to be okay. And I, I'm not, I don't think, tricking myself into it or just trying to play mind games and, and be Mr. Mm-hmm. Positive Kool-Aid drinker. I would have to go back to 0405 the last time where I went into a season thinking oh, they're going to win the Big Ten. Yeah, they're going to make a run in the tournament. Yeah, I, I, I have no, no doubts about that. And we know what the caveats are, but they're the same for every team. Injuries, COVID nineteen. That's gonna, that's gonna be the bugaboo for any team. And so we're in the same boat as all the other teams in the top ten. Just don't get injured, all that. Um, but it does. I have this weird sense of you know what. For all the weirdness of Illinois basketball history, for as good as it's been, there's always been one thing or the other keeping us from the mountaintop. And why not, in this weirdest of seasons, slay the ultimate dragon and get that damn monkey off our back and win the national title? And you know what's funny? After one game, I see no reason uh, why we should be any less confident that this team can do that. North Carolina A&T, yeah. I get it. We're going to certainly feel different after Baylor and Duke. But I, you know what? We're going to beat Baylor on a neutral court. I think we're going to have a great game against Duke. I'm excited, and I just want to, I want to watch this team play as much as I possibly can. And I, like you said, Trevor, we're, we're going to soak it in, and it just makes this Thanksgiving holiday that much more fun to know we got three games in three days with this team. Amen. And North Carolina Central has more points than North Carolina A&T did in the first half. That's in the true. the first 10 minutes, they're up by three. Iowa is going to fall. Hey, I tell you what, man. You can punk this Iowa team. And right now, North Carolina Central is kind of punking them physically. I don't think that Iowa expected this. They're probably still going to win by 20 points or something. But you know what? I think when you get into Big Ten play, if you got to out-physical Iowa, you can do it. You can. And uh, I'll take my chances with Kofi and Io and Adam Miller. DeMonte. I love DeMonte. Who would have thought that last year, the way he was playing in November, December, that not only would he become a fan favorite, but you could kind of count on his production, even offensively. You kind of knew what he was. Uh, you know, things are falling into place and let's just enjoy the ride. And and that's what we're going to do all year. So we will see you guys. I want you guys to think about uh, puns. Ohio Bobcats. Today's episode is just mm. called Welcome Back. I kept it very simple. No puns about A&T a- or AT&T or 
you know, um, think about Bobcat puns, I guess, Ohio puns, and we'll uh, hopefully have another laugher on Friday. I was going to say, you know, as well, would it just be O-H-I-O? Or did we already do that last year? We did something like that, I feel like. I mean, Ohio is right there, but I hope we don't have to use (laughs) that. Yeah, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Uh, But we got 48 (laughs) hours to think about it. Guys, have a great holiday. Uh, Stay safe, and we'll talk to you in 48 hours for another post-game pod with Illinois and Ohio. Sounds great. All right, guys. Have a good Thanksgiving, guys. All right, you too. That's Trevor and Isaac. 200 level. Good to have them hop on. Isaac for the second half, and then Trevor joining us for a little bit of the post game, and Trevor's grandma as well. So it was great to have her join the podcast. As she said, for a historic game, and it kind of was where, if I think back to previous season openers, uh, I cannot remember one quite like that. And we should soak it in and enjoy every minute that we get with this team because all the uncertainty surrounding it, uh, anytime there's a game, I'm going to relish it. And I think we all are too. So Let's get out of here. Have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Before we go, a reminder, DP Dough online at dpdough.com. When you need a break from turkey sandwiches, order a fresh piping hot calzone from dpdough.com and use coupon code MIKE for $5 calzones delivered anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. It's dpdough.com. Also, 4th and Kirby online at 4thandkirby.com. Get some fresh swag in time for Christmas at 4thandkirby.com using coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order that's fourthandkirby.com. And State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. He helped us out with homeowners and auto. Super easy process and people you can trust. That's brianismyguy.com for State Farm agent Brian Hansen. For Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network, we will see you in two days. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy. Hopefully beat down number two against Chicago State, whoever their coach may or may not be. And that was fun. Let's have, let's have more of those this year. It is the 200 level.